This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Buggets. We are in the midst, the thick of the playoffs. So I figured, all right, fine. Let's talk about it with Billy Scafiri. You're getting bucket buckets. Some of our teams are in the midst of the playoffs, Amir. One of our teams is no longer in the midst of anything. Yeah, it's it timed up pretty well. Your Knicks, my Lakers facing elimination within one day of each other. Uh, we're recording this after the Lick, the mm-hmm. Knicks were eliminated mm-hmm. last night. Yes, the Hawks, and then tonight, my Lakers yeah. also could be eliminated. But let's talk about what what is certain, which is the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> yeah. kind of figuring yeah. out the Knicks. It's pretty seems, quickly, uh, very quickly. <laughs> the, that's serious. The first two games made it seem like this baby was going mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. Everyone was and like, then, exactly uh, <laughs> what we thought. This is like, everyone's going to be like a three-point game every game. Well, yes. well. Yeah. And, th- and then they went to Atlanta and something changed for one of the teams and not the other. Yeah. Um, Trey Young said he'll see us in the A. He saw us in the A. He killed us in the A. Sent us back to the NY. The and then we are RIP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it changed quickly, and I'm not quite sure what happened there because the first two games were so. It seemed like the Knicks should have won Game One and lost. Then it, they should have lost Game Two and mm-hmm. won. Mm-hmm. I think. So I'm like anything can happen. I think now. in all five games, what was apparent was that Atlanta had more talent, like on the roster. They had like eight dudes that just simply could all score if they needed to. We were like by Game Two saying like. Maybe 2005 Derrick Rose will show up. And it's like, yo, what are we rooting for now? What, what, what has happened? You know, like we game one, Alec Burks has 27. Game two, like oh, yeah, Derrick Rose goes ham. Then Reggie Bullock <laughs> shows up. But it's like, that's not sustainable. What the Hawks had every single game was sustainable. And that was ultimately our death bell. They had some great shoot. Like, I know Bogdanovich was a great shooter, but like, it seemed like Gallo couldn't miss. It seemed like mm-hmm. Trey Young could not be slowed down at all whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, they all seemed to be playing at the top of their game. The one thing that felt backbreaking in most games was Bogdanovich always found a way of like saving a broken play and chucking a three that went in. At yeah. like when the score was like we were trying to bring it from six down to zero. And yeah. like he would, the ball would like two <laughs> seconds left on the clock bounce off of like Capella's foot into his basket and he just drained the three in like three of the games. So that was one yeah. thing where I was like, the ball bounces one way or the other. That didn't help. And then, uh, of course, the biggest issue for, for the Knicks was probably the fact that Julius Randle did not play. He looked mm-hmm. like the Julius Randle of LA or New Orleans, mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. the most improved player this year. Yeah, that felt psychological to me. Did that feel psychological? Like, you, like it didn't feel like the drop off. He was too skilled to be so unskilled for this playoffs. It seemed like something else had to happen. I don't know if it's the lights are too bright or whatever, but for whatever reason, he just seemed to be back to like bad Julius Randall. Yeah, of which he wasn't this whole year. I don't know if it was bad decision making or just you know the old make or miss league. If he makes mm-hmm. three of more three or more of those shots per fifteen, they seem like fine games. But for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it's always like five of fifteen, six of seventeen, seven of mm-hmm. twenty. He just mm-hmm. couldn't he couldn't get a rhythm going. 
he had a bit of a like I feel the end is near like he maybe felt the comfort of a regular season knowing like there's always going to be more games the season will go on then the playoffs will occur but I think he it almost felt like he was pressing and panicking with the ball like as opposed to like the entire Knicks team to a certain extent would just kind of take put their head down and try and take it to the rack and then kick it yeah you know so there was no sort of like ease like comfort in his game it felt very rushed from the beginning which again just feels like oddly psychological just like i haven't done this before and i'm scared a little right and he hadn't i don't think he had played in the playoffs maybe with new orleans no one season no i think this was his first playoffs him and rj yeah yeah but then it was also trey young's first playoffs and he looked like it was like a preseason practice game just like completely in control comfortable calm crowd sitting on him and him bowing Mm -hmm. at the end so that was super impressive and not just him also john morant Granted, right. John Morant's team only won one game, but like his first two games, he was like 40 and 18. And every time that happens, five bucket listeners t- tweet at me and they're like, Billy, what did you say? Because he's on fire right now. And anytime you talk shit, he goes ham. So, I, I so shout I out John saw, Morant. I'm pretty sure I saw that his first playoff game ever was the most points ever scored by a Grizzly in any game ever. Sure. There That's you go. That's an awesome you thing slash sign. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Him and Booker, it seemed like for their first two games, it was like Devin Booker broke the record, which was yeah. set yesterday by John Morant. And then John Morant broke the record by which yeah. they're <laughs> yeah. not they're not so scared at all. So that's the question. Is it psychological where you almost like play better, you like dial in that much more, or you actually get a little bit of stage fright? I mean, mm-hmm. only they know the answer to that. But I could see myself going both ways. So it really just comes down to who you are, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed by Atlanta. And like, it seemed like they were the better coach team. And it was funny because mm-hmm. those two were like the hottest coaches coming down the stretch, them and Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. Nate McMillan mm-hmm. just like did not seem rattled, had a game plan, executed mm-hmm. it to perfection, figured out when to double, when to not, crash the paint. Don't let, mm-hmm. don't worry about um those other guys um like rj barrett also was not making anything so they didn't necessarily have to stay home on him right i mean the history of this those two teams this year was they played three games the knicks won all of them julius randall went crazy in all of them so obviously julius randall that didn't happen in this series but another thing that didn't happen in most of those games was they had their previous coach so when nate mcmillan did coach them it was a much closer game and a much better game and He just got better as the season went on. Like he just that he turned that team completely around and had them believing. He like let Trey Young just have the ball, you know, completely. And they were the better team. I'm surprised that how I'm not upset this morning. Like even when the game was over, I was like, we were beat. We also overachieved this season. Yeah. Onward. Like yeah. it wasn't like a, <laughs> you know, I dreamed big, but my expectations and my feet were firmly on the ground. That's and yeah. because coming yeah. into this season, like if I would have told you they, the Knicks make the playoffs have home court and win a win a playoff game at MSG. You're like, great, I'll mm-hmm. take it 100%. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. With, I would say the only disappointment I have is that on a national scale, like national audiences didn't get to see the Knicks play well enough to get them the four seed this year. We like that was a that was a a misrepresentation of the team that we put out on the court for 72 games. Yeah. So I wish that more people could have seen the good team ball we were playing Julius at his peak cuz it really was good basketball to watch, but this was just like Ugly East Coast, not enough skill basketball. You know who else played great that I had never seen play at all? Um, yeah. The rookie out of SC, um, Onyeka D- Okongwu. Yeah, he had a couple stretches where he like swatted Holy shit. us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Like, yeah. f- like he fell out of the ceiling a few times. Like these putbacks and blocks were like, mm-hmm. holy mackerel. Yeah, coming off the bench after uh, Capella gives you like 10 strong minutes, that's like a really fun piece. The piece that impressed me the most that I like couldn't hate despite wanting to hate throughout this entire series was DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, his shots, his shots went in, like (laughs) in, in, not (laughs) like they were clean shots, big, clean shots. And his defense, I think that his defense rattled Randall. I think he, in general, his length, he was just a problem out there. He's, we like him. (laughs) He's good. And like shots that you don't probably practice, like when Mm -hmm. someone passes to you from like 14 feet away and it's like, it Mm -hmm. just goes straight up and you're like, wow, good on DeAndre Hunter, like not scared at all of these shots. No doubt, no doubt. And there was a lot of shit talking in the series, which I love. Taj Gibson and Trey Young, they were like barking, barking at one another. But I will say that after game five ended and like the series was over, it seemed like the two teams like showed love and said, you know, gave their daps and went their separate ways. So there's something to be said for like enjoying that. Right. So is that like turning it on and off? Is Atlanta amazing or did the Knicks struggle? Like, do you think the Hawks can give the Sixers a run for their money. Dude, I'll tell you this, much like I said when we had uh, Marty and Adam on, and I said that there is a world in which the Suns can beat the Lakers. There is a world. If Embiid is down, you know, it's like, I think there's more talent roster to roster on the Hawks. So he's, he's been the one consistent thing where everyone's like, well, no one has, no team in the league has anyone who can stop him. And that in and of itself is a, yeah, the endless advantage. But without him, now Tobias Harris has to score 35 a game. Right. Yeah. And I trust just seeing Atlanta's shooting. And I, I guess, I mean, guarding Trey Young with Ben Simmons is a little different than guarding him with Derrick Rose or like mm-hmm. Frank Milikina. Like the Knicks mm-hmm. had no one who can even stay in front of him. He was, mm-hmm. they didn't even need to call a screen for him. It was just like, yeah, Trey would either shoot a 31 footer or Hezzy and just get by their guy. Mm-hmm. The center mm-hmm. moves up. It's a pass to Capella. They don't. It's a floater every single time. It felt... It felt like shades of Stockton Malone, where it was just like you're like doomed if you do, and you're doomed if you don't. Like you <laughs> yeah. can guard Stockton, and then Malone's wide open, or Stockton can just burn you every single time. It just felt like real helplessness from a Knicks fan standpoint. <laughs> yeah. Like after Game One, my only defense, and I kept texting all of you, was just like put his ass in the ground, like like beat him up so that he doesn't feel comfortable. But the fact of the matter is, he moves too fast. You can't put your shoulder in something you can't catch. Yeah, it's like and trying to catch a mouse in your too apartment. Fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just say like I'm going to catch it in my hand. You have to like double and triple team that mouse if you're going to possibly <laughs> catch then that another mouse. Thi- another thing that people took advantage of Atlanta this uh, season was uh, they made Trey a liability on defense, mm-hmm. and the Knicks sort of let Trey. Like, he was guarding Alec Burke or Reggie Bullock in the corner, and Bullock would not move. So Trey was just Mm -hmm. hanging out on defense, conserving his energy, Mm -hmm. never getting screened. They don't really run the pick and roll that much, so... Yeah. I think that's more of an indicator also of our lack of a real playmaker. Like, we had Derrick Rose, who just showed up out of nowhere and just, like, became a you know a six-man-of-the-year candidate and just, like, an awesome point guard. Imagine if that trade didn't happen. We would not be in the playoffs. (laughs) Fact. Fact. We didn't want him because we wanted just quickly to get more minutes. We just wanted some guy to get minutes over making the playoffs. So it's, yeah. a, it's a massive psychological mountain all Knicks are dealing with, right? Yeah. To understand what's good, what's bad, what we're rooting for, what we're disappointed in. All of that we're still trying to parse out right now. It's like you guys but, had too many point guards and no point guards at all. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that that was the Trey Young factor. If we had a point guard who could just run him around and just like make him dance on defense, it would be a different game. But we ultimately didn't have that. We have mostly shooting guards, power forwards, and Derrick Rose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Facts. now, so Julius Randle is now entering his final year of a three-year, $60 million deal that mm-hmm. people made fun of the Knicks for even giving him $20 million a year. And then this mm-hmm. year, everyone's like, mm-hmm. see, he's underpaid. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. it's like the pendulum swung back where it's like, okay, the Knicks can extend him this offseason. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be like, we love what we saw in the regular season. Here's the maximum amount of money. Or are they going to be like, well, I'm mm-hmm. okay necessarily yeah. with you hanging out in free agency and seeing what you can get after next year? This front office hasn't uh, bought a max player yet. And... Part of me thinks that they're not going to use that on Julius Randle as a thank you. They seem like they had a lot of shrewd deals this year. One year for six million, two for five to like Alec Burks and real players who gave us real minutes. Taj Gibson vet minimum, you know. My instinct would be that if they were to extend Julius Randle, they would extend him for a little bit more than what he's already getting paid. Um, and they would wait and continue to like spend thriftily until the right superstar comes because yeah. this didn't help. I would say the regular season earned him a lot more money and the playoffs lost him some money. So wherever <laughs> yeah. that shakes out. Right. You know. But then there's also the, you want to show love to your, like Julius Randle might be the face of New York. Like do the fans mm-hmm. love him or after that, after that postseason or they're like, we don't necessarily need this guy, but then without Randall and you don't necessarily have Rose, that's the entire team sooner yeah. or later. So yeah, I don't know. It's everybody. like, well, that's exactly it. And I think the Knicks used to spend too much and have no one and then spend nothing and also have no one. And <laughs> right. so what they're doing now is actually putting together a competent roster. And so they're just building brick by brick as opposed to like, all right, let's just get rid of Randall. And I'm sure Giannis will want to sign with us. Like <laughs> right. we're the, we're the Mecca. Yeah. Like, all right, breathe. <laughs> yeah. So I would say they'd want to keep him, but I don't think they'd want to max him. Right. TBD. Something like three for 90, four Mm -hmm. for 100 zone. Four for 100, two for... Two for fifty-eight, two yeah. for fifty-six. Because I could even see Randall and look. I don't know these guys. These are yeah. just like basketball cards that move to me. But I could see, with that being said, I could see Randall being a team player and saying, "I don't need a max if we keep building on what we're doing here." Because that there is some be, sort of good that would energy. Be great if he said mm-hmm. that, yeah, that exact yeah. sentence. As a matter of fact, let's I get don't his email need address. The max, yeah, and his agent would agree too. Julius, you right. don't need the max, baby. Right. Let's just right. build something awesome in New York. It's New York. The brand deals will take care of the basketball contract. Well, actually, Sacramento just offered you two hundred million for five. Let's go to Sacktown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go to Sacktown <laughs> instantly. Always love Northern California, Central California, huge Central California, Central guy. Valley. Great fit there too. De'Aaron Fox and Julius Randle. Are you kidding me? Those speaking bruisers? of fits though, that is the one thing that I just don't know, and it's weird. We have the nineteenth pick, the twenty-first pick, and the thirty-second pick, and sixty million dollars to spend in the offseason. That's what the Knicks have, and I have no idea what we should be prioritizing, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously the holy grail is Mister Leonard out in California, who well, sure. might be opting out himself and thinking. Maybe I don't want to be a Los Angeles Clipper for life. Those two years mm. were fun. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of it depends on what happens literally tomorrow versus mm-hmm. the Mavericks. But mm-hmm. Ooh, Kawhi Leonard. What we know about Knicks Kawhi jersey. and cold weather, though, he doesn't usually last a year. Doesn't he's like cold weather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's in San Diego right now. New York winters can be brutal, and New York basketball games can be brutal. That's so right. it's a tough sell. <laughs> You're right. But how much does he like the Clippers? That could be. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that's like, I'm. I'm fucking here. Let's build something. Let's get over the hump. Or he's like. Mm-hmm. 
I don't like what I see. I think I'm out. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a personal, that's a personal how I feel about the state of the team type thing. <laughs> Neither one of us can speak to that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Pivoting to that series for a second. Okay. What a weird series, huh? I've, what I've a weird lo- series. I, yes, I've been loving it. First two games... Dallas wins in uh, Los Angeles. Mm. Clippers cannot stop Luka Doncic. Nope. They're like, like the Knicks couldn't stop Trey Young, but the Clippers have the best two perimeter defenders in the NBA, mm-hmm. potentially, right. historically, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. They are bouncing off of this 22 year old Slovenian phenom. Cannot mm-hmm. slow him down. No answer. No, no answer. answer. No answer at all. Kawhi and they're is playing the most- great. Kawhi's the most physically and mentally gifted basketball player we've maybe ever seen on the defensive end. No answer. No answer. Then they Zero go to answer. Dallas, and they continue playing well, but they're able to slow Luka or the other players down enough where the Clippers but win were, two games at Dallas. But they were, like, down, like, 12 in, like, the first half in game three. And oh, I don't more. know what changed. It was 30 the, to 11. Yeah, right. It was, like, blowout <laughs> territory. It was, like, what's happening? Like, Kawhi is on the Knicks roster tomorrow. <laughs> And then suddenly they were just like some time out. They were like, should we start playing now? And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll start playing. Now. Well, the, the leads in that game mean so very little. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like after watching mm-hmm. a, a Lakers Suns game, we're like a six point lead felt like 25. How are we ever going to make two threes in a row to like, and mm-hmm. it stop. And it was just mm-hmm. like a slugfest. Then I turn on the Mavericks uh, Clippers game. It's like three threes just happen instantly. A 10 yes. point lead goes down to one, four and ones that like, it seems like they're scoring in eight to 12 point chunks. So like yes. a 10 point lead with three minutes left did not mean anything last night. Like yes. Reggie Jackson hits a three, Paul George and one, Kawhi and one, and it's a one point game now. I'm like, holy yes. shit, that happened fast. This series and the Portland-Denver series both really feel like it embodies West Coast basketball. And the Knicks-Atlanta series really feels like it embodied East Coast basketball. And the Lakers-Sun just... series was like such a slugfest. So yeah. difficult to score. Everybody like is getting hurt, like mentally, yeah. physically crawling towards the fucking finish line of these series. While Damian Lillard is shooting 55 points, Jokic mm-hmm. is 38-11, the scores Gifts. are 147 140. The best, <laughs> the best basketball experience I've watched in a while. We'll get there. If you could predict, though, so the series, the, the, home, the home team has lost all five games so far. Pretty if awesome. If you could predict how this series, and I know that you hate the Clippers and you're biased, That's but right. that aside, the basketball person who watches the games, how does this series end? Do the Clippers win in game six, and then do they finally take uh, it at home? My... My heart wants Dallas to finally put them away in games. Like, I think Dallas has to win game six. Um, well, sure. Even though they've won every single game in L.A., I think right. this is, like, their one opportunity. Like, crowd nuts. 
Clippers mm-hmm. rattled. And like we know Clippers mm-hmm. in an elimination game do not have the mental fortitude. Like we've seen them literally fall Traditionally, apart. they have not. Correct. And Kawhi is not playing well in the fourth quarter. I've been seeing stats mm-hmm. of like him in the clutch Oddly. in this series, mm-hmm. like one for eight, cannot shoot, mm-hmm. a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Even last night's game, he had a game winning or game tying three. Air that ball. was tough. That Air was tough. ball. No, but let's chill. Nothing. But also let's chill because they wouldn't have been that close without Kawhi Leonard for no. the first three quarters. No, or these last two seasons. Um, Correct. I just think it has to happen tomorrow. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, like the Clippers um, are the better team, and thus I think right. they will figure it out and win, just like yeah. I thought they would those middle two games in Dallas, and that happens. So I just assume it'll happen again. But. Yeah. It's weird how we clutch onto our like first initial takes. Like it's so hard for us to still, even though we've seen Dallas win three games already. And I'm not saying you and I, I mean like anyone who talks basketball just like has such a hard time being like, well, I've seen Dallas win three games now. Like, yes, I think they are def- They should win this game. Like t- it's time. Like that's yeah. how I feel about the Suns game six where it's like, I've seen enough. Yeah. And I think I know, I think I know what to expect. And yet like we still are like, the Clippers have something to show us. They still have like a couple tricks in the bag. It's like, what bag? We've seen it. Like they lose a lot too. Well, so it's fat. These series change so much. Like the talking about the Lakers Suns game uh, series, like when the Suns won game one, it just seemed like the Suns are more physical. They're better. They have the Lakers number. Mm-hmm. Then the Lakers win two games in a row. It's like, okay, the Lakers are going to win a championship. They figured it out. AD's here. Mm-hmm. We're going to win 4 1. AD gets hurt. The Suns destroy yeah. us in game, the second half of game four and game five. And that's like, yeah. all right, that series is over. The Lakers are done. Let's talk about rebuild. Like if the yes. Lakers win tonight, it'll go right back to like, okay, the Lakers could do this with just one more game and we win that and we're off the races. Do you know what this series reminds me of? This is the, the Lakers series. It reminds me of hockey with power plays where each team has just like been on a power play this whole time. Depending on like, Chris Paul or AD's injury. Yes, Yes, so Chris Paul gets knocked out, and he's essentially out for the first two games, like very, like very clearly injured on the court. So yeah. the, the Lakers are on the power play, yeah, and they mostly do what they have to do. Took advantage of it. That's right. And then um, AD goes down, and now the Suns are on the power play, and this one's a five-minute power play. Like Big Paul's boy. was a two-minute yeah. power play. Yeah, this was like <laughs> you did is, something yeah. extra wrong. Yeah, some sort of bad high Slashing. sticking where it's like you got to stay <laughs> in the box for it, or extra. maybe even a uh, what's it called when it's five on three, a double power yes. play. Sure, let's call it a double power play. Yeah. It seems like right now the Suns are in the midst of their double power play, Correct. and. I've had groin injuries before, and I could not participate in team sports. Now, granted, this was high school soccer, but that being said, like, you have to run and specifically pivot to plant your foot on a sore groin is devastating. It sucks. Yes. And you can't, you can't, like, like, push through. You You can't can't push through it either. Like, you can't, like, be like, ah, too bad, and you keep pushing. It's like you're, you're done if it's, like, a grade two or even, like, a pretty bad grade one. So... This power play, if we get to see both teams at even strength for the final two games, that would be most ideal. But right now, I mean, mean, how do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, are you optimistic that AD plays game six, which is in a few hours? No, I'm not optimistic. He he was like laboring through even before he hurt his groin he didn't look great because of the same oh yeah, side he was also hyperextended his knee like it's not like same this is a side. fully healthy adult male who right. happened to tweak something no this guy mm. is, was already hurt and what mm-hmm. hurts the most is that they were playing so well with him he was playing so well he had like 35 yeah. and 10 and just looked dominant yeah. and pounding his chest and i'm back and they had no answers and then he hurt himself 
I tell you what, Game Five was a tough watch, dog. It felt like the end of the, the series. It felt like Lakers Celtics Game Six. Like they were gonna Gatorade shower Monty Williams, and then it's like, oh wait, we're playing again. I thought that was it. I thought they this series was over, but it was. Where over. did your skill go? Where did the Lakers skills go? They like couldn't make everyone, a shot. they looked like kid brothers. <laughs> yes, like. You and like that's on offense, they couldn't make a shot, but on defense, like once the ball got past you, everyone was like, Oh, well, and then they would just jab. Yeah, where's the help defense? Where's any sort of big man? Like, your team is so huge one day, and like Ben McLemore the next. I think we what we couldn't score, so like Frank Vogel was like, All right, let's try Markeith Morris. All right, let's try Ben McLemore. All right, let's try Marcus Saul. And it's just like by the time we got to like down 26, it's like this is we we emptied the gun over here. We have no other humans, like we need Anthony Davis, and he's not playing. Also, I, I was listening to a Lakers-specific podcast, and they were like, there's no worse team in the NBA than the Lakers down 20. Like, mm-hmm. at that point, at that point, like, we give up. We don't run. Like, LeBron's what makes the Lakers to the great? locker room. Yes, LeBron, LeBron is leaving, leaving the, the team. arena. Yeah. What makes the yeah. Lakers so great is, like, when it gets close and it's competitive and you have yeah. LeBron and AD and they're yeah. tuned in 100% and we're all fucking on a string and defending well, it's so hard to score against the Lakers. Yeah. If they need, like, Dallas or the Clippers to, like, make up 14 points in four minutes, it's not happening. It's nope. n- yeah, and KCP mm-hmm. was like a sneaky, another annoying injury that nobody's really talking about. Is our best defender who can also shoot. He's not playing either, and he also just gives you thirty decent minutes. And yes, I'm like and and I mean decent as a compliment. Like it's and just he's like guarding right Booker. Now. He would he exactly. would be guarding their best player, and he's not out there. And he would be hopefully making shots, though he wasn't this uh, series, mm-hmm. and he's not mm-hmm. doing that. It just seems like the Lakers are at the end of a two year long adventure. Mm. And other teams are like, all right, let's get started. Let's fucking sprint up and down the court. Does have like, that energy. KCP's hurt. Uh, AD tour is growing. LeBron's <laughs> yeah. coming off an ankle injury. It's like a mash unit out there. There was like right. that one. There was a one play in the last, or it was game four in LA. We were up 11 in that game, by the way. Like that was like the beginning of the end for the yep. Lakers. I'm like, all right, yep. we win this game, win in Phoenix, rest for a week, take yep. on Denver. Different I can see world. the path. Different world. Look. Dennis like tweaked his ankle and was like hobbling up the court and then like mm-hmm. um KCP like hyperextended his knee and we had like two players like on the ground and then like yes. this either happened as AD was in the back like getting his groin I'm like whoa what's going on like this is all falling apart sometimes in one it happens 30 second fast. chunk it yeah. happened very fast sometimes it happens real fast and but real Dennis, ugly and Dennis yeah. wasn't there in the, the finals last year so he doesn't necessarily have the um mm-hmm the wear and tear excuse like an AD or a KCP that's right into October and then started again in December. He and just that's one thing that didn't look very good at all. As that. a non-Laker fan, um, I will show you sympathy and grace by saying that I don't think there's ever been a harder two years in the NBA's history to win back to back. Maybe there was war <laughs> right. one year and I didn't like consider it or something. But like the way these two calendars worked from them going to the bubble, playing all those extra games in the bubble, then by just logic, having the shortest off season and then starting again and doing it again, that's definitely the hardest back-to-back you could be asked to do. So I get I mean, look, how they could be it, beat up right now. Yeah, it could be worse also. We could be Miami, who lost in the finals but still had to play the same amount of games. And then, I mean, you saw them against Milwaukee. They were the same thing. Injured all year, no continuity, yes. no chemistry, swept. Yes, so then my question to you is, um, same question I had earlier, what is your expectation of Game 6 and Game 7 in this series? If you could take off your Lakers fan hat for a second and just say, knowing what you know. I think tonight it's 
close, but I could see it going either way. I could see like a game like game four where the Suns are just in control the entire game, like up 10 to 20, and then the Lakers mm-hmm. make some sort of like, you know, valiant effort at the last minute or two to like, oh, it's a seven point game with two minutes left. The mm-hmm. crowd's into it. Chris Paul, Devin Booker make a three or two to cut it to, mm-hmm. s- to seal the seal our fate. Uh, is LeBron that is he that much more is he that much better than the other players on the court that he can actually win the game tonight with his like peak performance game? Well, that's what I thought for game five, and he gave it Did to not. A, a, a good old college try for about eight minutes. We were up 10 to no five. No free throws. And no then, free throws in the first half. It was like, no. uh-oh, uh-oh. But then a, a lot of the times he would like muster up so much energy, spin into the post, get triple team, kick it out to a wide open Dennis Schroeder, wide open KCP, wide open Alex yeah. Caruso, and they would miss their th- yeah. corner threes, and he would just be like... <sighs> all right <sighs> back on defense oh they just made a three. Oh, jesus christ backbreakers so like yeah we, we can't we can't overcome ad's injury and poor shooting and lebron mm-hmm. like being hobbled like mm-hmm. two of these three things have to resolve themselves i don't think we'll have ad i don't know how we'll start making wide open corner threes hopefully we mm-hmm. do and mm-hmm. hopefully we get it i want you know like um one more give us one more attempt at a game seven um give us one more high note an exciting game six at home to go off of um into next year otherwise it's just a really um disheartening end to a kind of a snake bitten season it seems yeah if the lakers lose tonight we're done with buckets right the season's over we don't need to talk about the other team oh no yeah i'm not i'm a hockey fan after tonight if the lakers lose. yeah yeah i used a power play analogy before so i'm also a hockey big hockey are the fan. leafs canadians who's still in the are the islanders still alive uh, yeah, maybe Pavel Bore is still out there. Ma- Mario Lemieux. Uh, Keith Kachuk. Keith Kachuk. Keith Kachuk. That's right. Uh, seven seven consonants in a, in a row. Seven consonants in a row. No, I will always... I've already mentally prepared myself for worst possible case situation, which is okay. Lakers losing tonight, Clippers advancing to the next round. Mm-hmm. And, and the Clipper hate will fuel me for at least another round. I can watch mm-hmm. them hopefully lose to utah utah's mm-hmm. looking great mm-hmm. i can mm-hmm. i can bet some money on the bucks i think the bucks will beat the nets that'll give me mm-hmm. something in the second round but if the finals are like utah versus the brooklyn nets like that's who i've got in what am my I, finals what am i what are we doing at that are we, are we watching games two and three of a Nets for sure jazz? for sure we <laughs> want to see if rudy gobert the big man can take advantage of the net's biggest weakness that's what we want to say yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean i guess we can look we can look ahead at the teams that are playing really well because yeah. um our teams are either not or have already been eliminated um right the bucks look great the nets look solid they're playing yeah. each other what could be the NBA Finals embedded yeah. into round two of the Eastern Conference playoffs? Yeah. Um, yeah. You think the Nets will win. I think the Bucks will win. Yeah. And, I mean, after watching, I, I thought the Nets would win before this series even happened. And after watching the, uh, the Bucks' first series, goddamn. If they play like that, it seems like they're going to be a big problem. Like, they this are. is going to be, this is so great for basketball fans that yeah. we get this. Like, it's hitting me right now as I talk into this microphone how much fun that's just going to be to watch. 
game after game after game. Yes. I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm realizing now this is awesome, but I'm so thrilled about it. It's hitting me right now. It'll be a great, yeah, amazing series of like two teams that both have like kind of something to prove. Like everyone, mm-hmm. if you're a Nets hater, it's like are, they can't play defense. They have no chemistry. These three random all-stars were put together. They're not mm-hmm. a real team. The Bucks, obviously, you know, they haven't done anything in the playoffs forever. Um, they but got Drew Holiday. But they've been supposed to. They've yep. supposed to have been doing things in the playoffs for a long time, and they haven't. And here we are again. But Drew Holiday is obviously the pit, the piece. I yeah. Mean, so the so piece. sell me on the Brooklyn Nets. I've already put some sweet, sweet Bovada Bucks on the Milwaukee Bucks to win the championship. But tell me why that was a mistake. Why do you think the Nets will beat the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, in just a few words, it's because the Milwaukee Bucks lost Dante DiVincenzo. There's DVD. no coming back. Yeah. yeah. There's no coming back from losing Dante DiVincenzo. The, the Nets are going to feast on that hole. Noah. <laughs> I mean, what do I need to say that any other basketball fan hasn't heard everywhere? Like, how do you just, I can't assume that a team with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving will lose four games in a series. Like, I wouldn't assume that a team with just Kevin Durant would lose four games <laughs> in a series. Yeah, even though it does happen sometimes. If somebody yes. gets hurt or maybe the rest of his teammates not very good or they're coming mm-hmm. up against an, a historic opponent. Mm-hmm. But this is not necessarily the 2016 Golden State Warriors that they're playing. They're playing a Milwaukee Bucks team that hasn't really done anything. Right. And like the question for me is going to be, who like when they are asked to guard a big man, what do they do? Because it's not DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton can give you minutes. So like that's the one thing where if somehow a big man can come in, and that's where you wanted the Embiid of it all, to come in, or maybe Giannis, to come in and just absolutely show off their weakness and do it for four games. That's the one way I could see them losing. But the firepower is just so insane. Yeah. I I mean, what makes you so confident? Is it just the defense of it all? Defense wins championships for the Bucks. I think the Bucks are more they have the baked in chemistry of a real team the dna of like a team and after seeing like the continuity suffer with the lakers all year of like Mm -hmm. let's try this lineup oh somebody's hurt uh we couldn't try this lineup this guy doesn't know how to play with this guy we don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know how these guys play together after seeing it manifest itself in la although it's more glaring now because we can't shoot and anthony davis is still hurt uh (laughs) there is something to be said about a milwaukee team that was pretty healthy all year and totally. has played together uh chris middleton Giannis, um yeah. these lineups. brooke lopez yeah these are yeah. like these these have three years of embedded know-how and knowing how to play together and whereas then, the inverse is the nets who have only played 12 games yes together. exactly right. and it's like right. all right we'll try james harden iso oh that worked out well right. we'll try kevin durant one and right. the Bucks line up so well with them because, like, if you were to choose one person to guard Kevin Durant, it would probably be Giannis in the entire mm-hmm. NBA. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. so who would you have to guard James Harden? You would probably choose Drew Holiday, and mm-hmm. they have him too. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can almost see a path forward where the Brooklyn Nets' other players have to beat you, and I really like a Chris Middleton type versus a Joe Harris or t- who, el- who else is on Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin. Yeah, Jeff Green, Blake Griffin. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it would be funny if the Brooklyn Nets just sort of farted a team (laughs) together and won a championship and everyone's like, oh, we've been working on a team for 10 years and we had a plan and Kevin Durant just accidentally chose the Nets because he liked Kyrie Irving and they won a championship. But I just don't see that happening. 
is there enough fans to warrant a parade in New York City? Or do they just like have a parade in like LA? Well, I joked because they had to bribe people people to buy tickets to their uh, playoff games. They offered them free beer. So I said... That's so that nuts. The Nets would be the first parade to like have to like bribe people with free pizza. Like, you guys got to come there out. Go. We're going to... We're having a party. Like, don't, exactly. honestly, don't bring anything. We were getting it catered. Just show up. <laughs> I didn't even know you said that. And exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might, they might get booed at their own parade. They're the most hated team in their own city. It's insane that All-Star Game tickets cost anywhere from $800 to $2,000, and Brooklyn Nets tickets cost ten. It's just a different jersey. It's mental. <laughs> it's, it's go to the game, game if you're yeah. in New York. If you enjoy the sport of basketball, go to that game. Go. Yeah. And maybe maybe they didn't necessarily want to see the, them destroy the Boston Celtics. I can understand that. Like you're saving your cash for that that Bucks sure. that that um the Sixers series if Embiid is healthy. But the tickets are thirty bucks. Just go. Who cares yes. who they're playing? It's Kevin cheaper Durant. A, you're watching some of the greatest of all time play together. Just go. <laughs> yeah, cheaper than a preseason Laker game for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So the finals you have. Um, Brooklyn on one side. And you think Utah comes out of the West, huh? Dude, because I think they're the sleeping giant. I mean, A, they're the one seed. So, like, put some respect on my name. But yeah. B, like, they are really talented at most positions. Like, they are so balanced. And that, this is what makes the playoffs great from, like, a casual fan's perspective. We're watching the Knicks. We're watching the Lakers. We're watching what's on TNT. We're flipping through League Pass from time to time. But the playoffs, you watch almost every team's game. And you really watch them play. And the Jazz are just, they're just so skilled at every position. Like, I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is the best basketball team. Other teams do other things more flashy and well, but, like, this is the best basketball team. Like, they have plays. They have, like, a true big man. Conley is so legit. D. Mitchell, when he gets 30 minutes, is so awesome. Yeah, I, they could win it all, frankly. Yeah, but they have what they lack or what they have in depth. They sort of lack in, like, the best players at the top, like, you think of the Lakers last year, LeBron and Anthony Davis, the Clippers mm -hmm. who were title favorites, have mm -hmm. Paul George and Kawhi. The Utah Jazz probably have the worst duo um, when compared to other duos. Like you take Giannis and Drew Holiday, you take Embiid and Ben Simmons, you take Durant and Kyrie. You'd put, if this was a two on two game, you would take them all over um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. See, to me, I kind of push back on that. And I would say that they are similar to the, like the Bucks construction they just have less of a history where people are saying like, this hasn't worked. Cause I could argue that like Conley, Mitchell and Gobert can pretty much stack up against Giannis uh, Middleton and Drew Holiday. And then it comes down to who else do you have? They have the six man of the year. They have the runner up six man of the year. Then they still have Bogdanovich who's a scorer. Rosanil who played defense. I mean, they just, you're just watching. You're like, damn, this is good basketball. The, the ease of uh, Rudy Gobert shots, like he shoots from two feet in and they're all dunks. It's just like <laughs> yeah. such clean, boring basketball. It's <laughs> like, well, shit, this wins. This is boring winning basketball. Yeah. So the Lakers are one approach, get the two biggest stars and go, go, go. And then <laughs> yeah. this is like, hey, we're a little boring, but we're totally fundamental. And yep. that might be it this year. It's also like the best shooters. Like you're bringing in guys. I watched the Lakers struggle to like get anything open, corner threes to go in. Mm -hmm. And then I watched someone like Utah and it's just like, ball zips around to a 45% mm -hmm. three-point shooter. You're like, holy shit, Bogdanovich can't miss. Holy shit, Clarkson can't miss. Mm -hmm. Royce O'Neal just hit five threes. Mike Conley just hit seven threes. I'm like, this is an yep. offense that's firing on all cylinders. And then they also have the defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. So exactly. they are the most they're complete just, team. 
It's nuts. And they say that like March Madness is like a guards tournament where if you have the best guard, you'll probably get to the final four. You'll at least get to the elite eight because you should have the best guard. The NBA playoffs are starting to feel like that too. And it doesn't have to be the best point guard, but just like the best guard play is so comforting because like both of our teams are struggling with our guard play right now, like consistency of guard play. And we both have three and four losses. But like the teams that just zip the ball and keep it moving, they don't panic. They don't just like have five minute droughts where they don't score. Like those are the teams that keep advancing. And it feels like the Jazz have a lot of that. Yeah. The Lakers have to count LeBron as their point guard. Otherwise, they they don't have a great point guard. But like LeBron never has a great point guard. It's like he dragged Mario. He never has a great point guard over his center. He like drags Mario Chalmers and Zydrunas Ilgaskis to the finals. Or last year it was Mm -hmm. Rondo and JaVale McGee. Like as, Mm -hmm. as long as you have like some elite talent somewhere the other ones can take a backseat a little bit his issue is that he could be the best at any position it's just what position do i have to play on this team yeah. and on the lakers it's like you have to basically run the whole offense you have to yeah, be a quarterback that's yeah. right and yeah. I, I also wonder how much his ankle is still bothering him because there are times where he's driving and not dunking over people he's sort of getting like they're bringing a help defender and he's just he has no answer for that so again it's a lot of kickouts to a, a wide mm-hmm. open laker player who can't make a shot I will say in game three was the first signs of, oh shit, he's playing downhill. Oh shit, he's pivoting and turning and going up for like, he's in the low block, he's posting up. And yeah. when you can post up and have fadeaways, you could push off your ankle. So yeah. I was like, he's good now, the Lakers are going to win. Like, that was the first <laughs> time internally where I was like, the Suns are going to lose now because LeBron is now LeBron. Yeah, we won but then game, in game, that game four, by 14. Yeah, then game five, excuse me, it just seemed like lethargy. Like that one weird series he had, I think maybe it was on the Cleveland Cavs where he just like kind of quit on the team or was just like, I'm recognized, I'm computing early that we're not going to win, and I'm going into, like, shutdown mode. Yeah. And that really seemed to exist game five, which is disappointing, but maybe it's all preservation. Yeah, like, I remember the first year the Warriors got Durant, LeBron was like, I'm going to just fucking put all my energy and effort into this first mm-hmm. game. He had that 50-point triple-double mm-hmm. the J.R. Smith game. It was a monster stat And line. they still lost. Yes. And he's like, ah, I'm done. And they got— you can't they do that swept. again. Yeah, they lost four—I think they got swept that year. He, like, quote-unquote, broke his hand in the locker room <laughs> yes, after exactly. that game, punched yeah. the door, but then wore a cast, like, two weeks later, foreshadowing of the dramatic <laughs> LeBron to come. Unbelievable. Well, LeBron gets energy from wins, just like he, mm-hmm. like, if he passes out to a Laker in the corner and they make a three, he's sprinting mm-hmm. back on D. He's like, that was awesome. We made a good play. If that Laker misses a layup or misses a shot, uh-huh. Bad body same language. energy, Ugh. same energy in the wrong direction. That's right. Yeah. And if it goes down too low, it almost can't be pulled back out. <laughs> exactly. That's what it like just walks. It like turns off and walks to the locker room. That's why I'm, wor- I'm wondering, like, was game five so low that he's already like, all right, let me let me figure out next year. We'll call this year a wash and we'll mm-hmm. take, you know, we'll have June, mm-hmm. July, August, October, September all off and we'll come back next year and worry about that when when it happens. I wonder only he knows that. But as a Lakers fan, just from a contract uh, standpoint, you've locked them both into long-term contracts. Does that still feel like that's what we want? That's still the right play? Yeah, I mean, that's the only... that They won a championship when they were both healthy. This year, right. probably right. won't. Unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Next year, you hope for health. And then you just 
fill in the pieces with the best shooters money can buy, I guess. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was like the last year and the year before. This is just <laughs> the Laker way. Yeah. It's the Laker way. You get two of the hopefully the best five to ten players in the NBA and That's you know, right. figure out the rest. You'll pick up Rondo if necessary. Rondo had That's a great right. moment yesterday when he was staring at Kawhi after that missed three. It's great to be more alpha than Kawhi. Because Kawhi's the best, which usually means that you're the king. But Rondo's like, nuh <laughs> Rajan's house. <laughs> Rajan is playing fucking crunch time, end of game minutes. He should. He yeah. should be. I love what Reggie Jackson is doing on the court. I feel like he's getting no love. I do like the way Reggie Jackson is playing, but Rondo's the one that should be there. Well, that's the game plan. It's like, shut down everybody. Reggie Jackson, go for it. Like, have fun. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy Batum? Yeah. Yeah, Terrence Mann? Like, have a field day. Get yeah. out there. That was an insane end of, we'll end right here, but the, the end of that game five in L.A., uh, no timeouts were called. It felt like an awesome March Madness moment where uh, Dallas tried to make yes. a shot to... Uh, extend the lead they missed and Ty Lue's like yeah let's fucking go and go. Paul George fucking sprints down the court hands it to uh, Terrence Mann who's seemingly open Luca tries to yeah, get there I Terrence mean, Mann passes to Nick Batum there's still nine seconds left in this very important game Batum misses yes. a fucking layup Dallas gets the free throws and that's it that's a wrap yeah um, we can't end we, we will end right now but we have to at least and I know it's going to be hard for you give Dame mm-hmm. Lillard a little bit of shine for Who? what the hell he did. Damian Lillard. So he plays the point guard. Oh, yeah, the uh, one for ten performance. I didn't want to mention no, no. that just because, like, no, no, they no, still no, won the no. game. So No, no. He had, like, 25. He had, like, 55 points on, like, 24 shots. Oh, the, like, the, next, it was, the game after the one for ten. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the yeah, game before yeah, he went yeah. one for ten. But nobody It was really one where they, they were, like, consistently down ten with, like, one minute to go. And he would yeah. just score ten points somehow. That's right. Again and again. Yeah. Multiple <laughs> overtimes. Literally a generational talent. I read somewhere, someone asked, is this what it was like watching Michael Jordan? Where it was like, well, you're not going to win because I'm on this team. So, Well, the funny thing is, is that uh, they lost. So it wasn't quite Michael Jordan. And also MJ like rarely shot three. So it wasn't quite, mm-hmm. it almost felt kind of like the 2006 Lakers with Kobe where he's like, I need to like fucking manufacture some insane playmaking here to keep us close because win or loss. Every time right, I pass, winner. it doesn't really seem to lead anywhere. And but he had a, it, he had a it, few it, great passes too. It exceeded the it exceeded human expectation of other human. Like it got to the point where it's like there's just no way this one could go in. And like oh yeah. he stole it with five seconds left. He's <laughs> gotta make the three. Always made the three. And it was yes. just an awesome game. And like yes the Nuggets won, but like. Dame is like, he's somehow grown larger than the Blazers, where it's like Dame and the Blazers. Like, he's the front man, and like, they're like the background singers. And we'll just still go for the show, the Dame show at this point. Yes. And he delivers. Well, you just, he you just hope that, you hope that he gets hot because when he does, he's literally unguardable. And it's weird that he ever passes it because even if he's being double teamed, he can do a step back from 40 feet and it either like yeah. banks in, swishes in, goes in, he gets fouled and eventually goes in. Like, He's, yeah. it seems like he's unguardable. And yet there are still these big moments where he's like, I got to trust my teammates right here. And he passes it to yeah. CJ McCollum who steps out of bounds. Totally. Totally. Oh God, yes, that hurt. There was one other pass. Um, I, we're giving Dame shine. I want to give Jokic shine. His pass to Porter Jr. in the corner. Did you see that pass that floated over like three defenders? Yep. Perfectly. Yes. Like yes. so perfect. I went, when, when that ball went over them, I was like, I don't even care if Porter makes this shot. That pass was art. That was so awesome. It seems like him and LeBron are the only ones that see like the third and fourth progression, like while the Correct. other two are happening. Like 
you're they're both guiding players to move like a chess piece and like all right you move here so i can throw over the defender so that it lands in his shooting pocket and like these players like michael porter jr probably just sees a very crowded um um key and all of a sudden the ball just emerges out of nowhere into his shooting right whoa i guess i'm open i guess Jokic said (laughs) right it's, and like Trained LeBron it. throws darts and Jokic throws like soft rainbows. <laughs> like he just yes. like floats it and it's like time and space and athleticism says someone's got to steal the ball by the time it gets to the shooter. And every time it's in the shooter's basket, it's just like, just like a great Le- series. Just like LeBron is very chiseled and strong and Jokic is very soft looking. That's the shots and the God. passes too. Like Jokic it's is banging just, down low and he, his release point is so high. It arcs above the backboard and barely hits the net sure. when it falls through. I would say that LeBron is an inverse of him, but an even bigger inverse of him is Dame Lillard, who's like 6'1", shredded and shoots from 50 feet. It's just like, this is such a fun David and Goliath, but each one's secretly Goliath. It's like little Goliath versus big Goliath. <laughs> yeah, there's no Davids. The Davids are the other players on the team. Just various sizes of Goliaths in this, yeah. in this, uh, in this Who bracket. Who do you think wins that series? I have in my gambling bracket Denver in seven. Um, Seems very likely right now. Seems very likely right now. It's either Denver in seven or Denver in six, one or the other. And yeah, my heart wants to see more Dame, but my gut says it's Denver. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. I was just going to say this could be like, um, it feels like Dirk. He feels like Dirk, where it's like, you're going to win the NBA championship? Like, we did not see this coming. And and I, I think if I Murray know. were playing, that would be more likely. I just don't know if mm-hmm. he has enough firepower around him. He's doing a lot with what he's got. But they scored 150 last yeah. game. Like, yeah. that's firepower. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they don't have any defensive firepower. Like, neither team could stop the other one at all. No, that's true. Yeah, they'd be better with Murray, but we'll see. Uh, all right, sweet. Good, good check-in. Um, again, if this is uh, the end of the Lakers season tonight, you guys won't hear from us again. I'm deleting all social media and this podcast. Um, Rest but in peace. if they win, then, yeah, I think we'll see you guys soon. Billy. Yeah, we'll probably do, record how, another episode tomorrow. Oh, Lakers for sure. Win. An emergency, and the next pod, an emergency <laughs> podcast. It's an emergency <laughs> if the Lakers win tonight. They're all emergency podcasts. <laughs> uh, all right, who you got? Where, where can people find you? Um, people can find us on the Nigel nice. podcast this week. Amir, you, me, and Adam Lustig. Um, That's right. Yes, that episode comes out tomorrow. You can find us on the No Joke podcast. Check that out, please. Uh, wow, that's exciting. So y- me, Billy, and then also Adam. So me and Billy are on two podcasts this week. And then we have Adam yeah. for the, the No Joke podcast of it. Uh, Would you say that it was one of the more fun podcasts you've ever been on, Amir? It, in, I didn't I know, know what to lot. expect. And mm-hmm. I think I left with uh, a smile on my face in uh, in a great way. It was pleasant. I was pleasantly surprised. And I think the audience will be as well. All right. He was expecting to be disappointed, folks. That's how I heard it. Turned That's out right. okay, though. And I left <laughs> in pure joy. Set your bars low, people. Just like tonight, I think the Lakers will lose. And I hope to God, prove me wrong, LeBron James. Prove me wrong. Um, all right. We'll see you guys soon enough. Bye, everybody. Let's go, Lakers. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>